This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Support for all the books comes from Talenti. When Talenti makes gelato and sorbetto, they tend to get a little overzealous. Did they need to use so many raspberries in their Roman raspberry sorbetto that the machine broke? Did they need to try 25 different chai teas to find the perfect spice blend for their vanilla chai gelato? Did they have to invent giant mint steepers to make their Mediterranean mint super minty? Does their obsessiveness make Talenti gelato and sorbetto the greatest? You be the judge. But yes, it does make them the greatest. They're also the judge. Talenti, the delicious is in the details. You're listening to All the Books, a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode 123, and today we are talking about books being released on September 5th, 2017, and more. I'm Liberty Hardy, here with my fellow podcast, Rebecca Shinsky, and we're coming to you from bookriot.com. Hello, hello. Hi. One, two, three, huh? Yeah, that's what I went with, because I was like, they're all in a row. It was really exciting. <laughs> it's, it is kind of nice. I like that. I have Jackson 5 stuck in my head now, like A, B, C. Yeah. Easy as one, two, three. I also, we're actually recording this on September 2nd, and yesterday was September 1st, That's how 2017, that <laughs> which is when the end of Harry Potter takes place. Oh, right, like, the epilogue. 19 it's been years like, later. And right. I had feels. I was like, I don't care. And everybody's like, look, it's this actual day. It's the only day that we can actually... And I was like, okay, I have feels. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. No, wait, never mind. I do care. <laughs> yeah. I was like, it turns out you care. Yeah, we're yeah. recording on Saturday morning, or actually it's afternoon now. I, I This is, who knows how this is going to go. Um, we, we usually record on Monday afternoons. It's Saturday. I clearly don't know what time of day it is. Um, so we're just, we're out of our routine. It's the weekend. So it's not like we ever play things really tight here, but we're probably going to be a little fast and loose today. <laughs> That's our motto, faster and looser. <laughs> That's something's motto, but I don't know if it's a book podcast. <laughs> Let's uh, talk about books before this oh, goes hey off now. the rails. <laughs> okay, I'm really excited about my first book. I talked about it on our book uh, preview show, and I know most of you are so excited too. It is Sourdough by Robin Sloan. He wrote Mr. Penumbra's 24-hour bookstore, which everyone loves, 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 and it's time for a new book. It is about a woman named Lois. She is a software engineer. Um, she has been headhunted by a giant corporation. It's a robotics company, very fancy. They have like their own like almost compound in San Francisco, and she agrees to take this job out there because she gets tons of money, but she has to like live on the compound and she has an apartment, but she doesn't really know anybody, and all her co-workers all, like, hang out and do things together, and that's not really her scene, so she just kind of lives by herself, and the only real interaction she has with people other than her co-workers are the guys that she talks to at the restaurant she calls every night to have takeout delivered, 
Um, she talks to one guy on the phone, and then the other guy brings her food, and they're super nice, and she gets soup and bread every night, and it's, like, the most delicious meal she's ever had. So she eats it every single night, and it's, like, the only thing that's making her happy in her life right now. But then one day... They show up at her door. The restaurant owners, they show up, show up at her door and they say that they're having problems with their visa and they have to leave the country. But they have something for her. It's a sourdough starter. Um, which, if you don't know what a bread starter is, it's like, I basically, I barely know what it is. But from the book, it's like basically a live lump of dough. It's live culture because it has yeast and you sort of like take little bits of it to make other things. And So they give her this sourdough starter and they say, you know, this is very special and you must feed it every day and play it music every day and bake with it every day and so she's like okay I don't have anything else going on I'm gonna you know hang out with this sourdough starter and she begins making bread and it turns out to be amazing like amazing delicious bread like apparently the secret of their delicious bread is this sourdough starter uh, so she starts making all this bread she doesn't know what to do with it she begins to bring it into the work cafeteria where she works and everyone's like this bread is amazing and so one of the women who works there suggests that she take it to the local farmer's market and set up a booth there. But the farmer's market is kind of snotty and very closed off, and they're like, no, no new people right now, no. So she hears about underground farmer's market, you know, like you do, like they're all over the place. Um, and she goes and joins that, and the people there are interested in fusing food with technology. Because, you know, this wasn't weird enough, we had to get a little weirder because he's awesome and this book is awesome. This book is a freaking delight, is basically what I'm trying to say. It's very original and it's so, so much fun and I don't want to ruin any more of it, so I'm going to stop there. But you'll love it. It's adorable. It's Sourdough by Robin Sloan. So I don't know much about bread baking either, but Bob has recently taken it up. Like last week, he baked his first loaf of bread. And if I find him playing music and singing to the bread, I guess now I will know why. But also, I'm going to still think he's a little bit weird. I don't know. People sing to their plants, and it's basically just sort of plants. I don't I don't know. <laughs> Speaking of plants. singing... Oh, hey, nice lead in. Thank you. Uh, my first pick this week, this is one that I talked about on our preview. Or no, did you talk about it? I can't remember. We you talked did. about it on our preview show. I didn't want you to cut me. Um, for the fall, it's oh, it's so good. It's Sing, Unburied, Sing by Jasmine Ward. She's the author of Salvage the Bones and The Men We Reaped. And also she edited the collection The Fire This Time that came out last year. Uh, this is, it is a Big in the sense of scope, not in the sense of length, but a big, difficult, awesome novel. Um, it's set in the Mississippi Delta. It's about uh, about a family. It starts with Jojo, who has just turned 13. It's his 13th birthday. And on his 13th birthday, his mom, Leone, is taking him and his sister, Kayla, um, a few hours away to prison to pick up his dad, who has been there. Um, Jojo's mom is black. His dad is white. Um, this is not an easy thing in the part of Mississippi that they live in. And Jasmine Ward is from Mississippi. She writes about the places that she grew up um, and about the struggles that that community faces, um, black, the black community in poverty in a very Southern, very racist place. So Jojo and his sister, who is little, she's a, basically a baby, a toddler, um, are in the car with his mom, Leone, who loves him but is not very loving, um, and she has a drug problem, and they are on the journey uh, that ends up taking a couple of days to go pick up his father from prison. And meanwhile, Jojo's grandmother, Leone's mom, 
is in bed dying of cancer. We find out sort of through flashbacks and perspective switches, a bunch of different things about the family's history. And we also find out that Jojo can see the dead. Um, It took me a while to come up with a way to say that, that wasn't he can see dead people because M. Night Shyamalan ruined that for me. Um, But Jojo can see the dead and he starts to see some of the dead that his father knew. And he's tasked by one of them with helping him get out of sort of purgatory um, to hear the the story of the end of his life that only Jojo's father can tell him, or grandfather. And Jojo's grandfather doesn't know that this person is there. And this is just like one of the many kind of magical realism elements that come into the book. It's got... This is a hard book to read. It's beautifully written, but it's difficult. There's police brutality. Um, you're dealing with stories about things that happen to people in prison, um, both sort of like run of the mill is the wrong phrase, but like the basic violence that occurs in prison, but also the racial violence that occurs in prison, police brutality, um, child abuse, drug abuse. There's an overdose moment. Like this is a, it's a tough book because these are tough lives that these characters are living. And I think when we talked on the preview show about it, I was reading from a synopsis that was like, there are elements of all these great stories and these epics and pieces of the Odyssey. And all of that is true. There are so many illusions and the language is so beautiful and so rich, um, which just stands in such contrast to the story that Jasmine Ward is telling. This is, it's just a really phenomenal novel. I wasn't expecting anything less, but it lived up to and surpassed all of my expectations. I don't really want to say anything more about it because you need to discover what's going on in this book for yourself. But again, it's Sing, Unburied Sing by Jesmyn Ward. Very nice. All right. And am I doing the sponsor or are you? I forgot. It's See, you. it's Saturday. I should have made a note. <laughs> um, so our first sponsor this week is A Conspiracy in Belgravia by Sherry Thomas. If you are a Sherlock fan, you're going to be excited. Uh, 221B Baker is back in business as Charlotte Holmes under the pseudonym Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective. And her capable partner, Mrs. Watson, I think you all have picked up on what's going on here by now, tackle a case with very personal and very deadly implications. Can Charlotte find a missing man in time or will someone near to her end up as a nameless corpse in the belly of London? Uh, This is the second in Sherry Thomas's gender bent series, um, obviously turning Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's classic character into a woman. The first book was called A Study in Scarlet. It was beloved at Book Riot and elsewhere. Um, And A Study in Scarlet also garnered rave reviews from a bunch of publications. Um, Sherry Thomas is an established bestselling writer from the romance world, and this is her first time tackling mysteries. But of course, she's not just doing mysteries. She's doing a classic mystery character and taking on gender norms and the difficulties of being a woman in that era um, in Victorian England, a woman who's ruined, but is using her intellect to change her fate. So it's a smart mystery. There's a great story, fabulous characters, historical accuracy, and because she's Sherry Thomas, a little touch of romance too. I think these sound like so much fun. I've been looking forward to picking up a study in Scarlet. If you read that one, I know you're excited about A Conspiracy in Belgravia. If not, now you've got two great books to read. It's called A Conspiracy in Belgravia by Sherry Thomas. We'll have a link to it in the show notes. Speaking of new twists on classic stories... I didn't even do that on purpose. It just <laughs> happened that way. Nice my job. Next, thank you. 
My next pick is Girls Made of Snow and Glass by Melissa Basher-Deust. I can't talk today. Melissa Basher-Deust. It's a reimagining of Snow White, mm. and but it has more of a feminist edge. There are two main characters. There's 15-year-old Lynette. She is a princess living in this castle. It's very cold where she is and awfully snowy a lot of the time. Um, and at, her life is kind of dull and not that interesting, um, and people are always telling her that she looks more and more like her mother every day. Her mother passed away in childbirth, um, and so she never knew her mother, but people are constantly telling her she looks more and more like her. Um, the other main character is her stepmother, Mina. She was the daughter of a, mu- a, mu- a magician, one of those M words, <laughs> and one of the fairest beauties in the land. But... Instead of this being a story about a rivalry, it does away with that sort of sexist nonsense that women can't, you know, be friends and must be enemies, especially if, like, they're beautiful or they, you know, live together or, you know, it's it's not that Snow White story. Um, and both women are special. Mina actually has a heart made of glass. And Lene, turns out, she's made out of snow. Her father had the magician make her look exactly like her mother. That's why she looks like her more and more like her mother every day, because she's made of magic and snow to look just like her mother as she gets older. Um, but Lene doesn't want to be like her mother. She wants to be more like Mina. She thinks Mina's pretty awesome. And she, But then you have to be careful what you wish for, because her father decides to replace Mina as queen with his daughter, because she looks like his old wife. Um, and so now Lene must decide whether she is going to try and win back her friendship with Mina and their relationship because, you know, Mina's kind of irritated that she's no longer the queen. Or is she going to just replace her? She's going to, you know, own it and become the queen and take over the land and all that stuff. Um, and it's just, it's really fun. It's a really fun fairy tale. And there's also a great side story because Lene is really taken with the young female surgeon Nadia. So... There's, there's that going on, too. And it's really imaginative and atmospheric, and I just really enjoyed it a whole bunch. So, again, it is called Girls Made of Snow and Glass by Melissa Bashardust. Nice. I always love the ideas of those fairy tale retellings. Yeah. I, I was like, oh, Snow White, but then it was totally awesome. That's great. Uh, my next one this week sort of follows from my first one. They're thematically connected. It's a collection of poems called Don't Call Us Dead by Denez Smith. And if you like uh, Warsan Shire, if you like Citizen by Claudia Rankine, Morgan Parker's collection, There Are More Beautiful Things Than Beyonce, uh, this is that kind of flavor. It's uh, big scope, ambitious, uh, takes a critical eye to the experience of being black in America. Um, Smith also gets at police brutality, at racism, at the general difficulties of living in a black body in this country. And there's also really beautiful stuff. This is for a, a small book of poetry. Um, uh, it's a demanding and also very rewarding read. And I'm not going to read any of it to you. A lot of the pieces are a little bit longer um, than make for good reading on the air, but I've been trying to read more poetry over the last couple of years. There's a really remarkable thing happening in poetry, it seems, uh, lately where 
they're these collections of poems are making it up to sort of like mainstream publishing media, including us in a, in a more consistent fashion. And so I'm glad to get these on my radar. If you've been thinking about reading more poetry, this is not the, you know, like Mary Oliver trees and the sky is beautiful and feel good about the world, but there's so much heart and so much feeling. And it's a reminder of what poetry can do um, about the, to, to really express in a concise way, uh, the breadth of human experience, including some of the not so beautiful parts in a very beautiful way. Um, so the collection again is called Don't Call Us Dead by Denez Smith. Uh, I didn't plan any of these segues, but they just keep working out. <laughs> Yours is called Don't Call Us Dead. My next pick is They Both Die at the End. You know, when we're trying to have segues, we can like never make it happen. No. So we should just relax and let them let them come as they will, I guess. This is organic segues. So my next book is awesome. It's called They Both Die at the End by Adam Silvera. We love him. He's great. He wrote More Happy Than Not, as well as History is All You Left Me. This is his new fabulous novel, which opens on September 5th, the day this book comes out. Coincidence? I think not. It is about two young men, Mateo and Rufus. They are both strangers to each other. However, they also both receive calls from DeathCast. DeathCast is a company that calls to tell you, today's your day, your number is up, you're going to die today. There's nothing that you can do about it. So they give you all these suggestions and helpful hints on how to make the most of your one day left. It is called your end day. Uh, and both Mateo and Rufus decide they want to make a new friend on their last day. So there's an app for that. They go to the last day app and find, you know, each other. And they pair up for what is literally their last adventure. And it's just, it's a really great look at the difference between living and having a life you know, how they are two different things and about the stuff that gets in our way and holds us back and, you know, keeps us from realizing, like, this is it. This is your life. You should be doing these things or, you know, experiencing these things and we're letting these things hold us back. Um, and Adam Silver, actually, I'm assuming it's going to be in the finished copy, but I know in the galley he wrote this little piece about how, you know, he has lived with his own anxieties and how those have held him back and how he's learning not to be afraid of things anymore and taking chances and singing karaoke even though he can't sing and he was, <laughs> it was just like this really great introduction to the book um and i'm really digging i really liked the death company like it, the whole death industry and like how well he like brings it to life like which is kind of ironic but <laughs> um like the whole like all the details and you know everything is is really great and um also you're gonna want to have your tissues handy for this one, for sure, um, because it's about death, because it's the only constant, and it's going to happen to all of us, except me. Um, so, again, the book is called They Both Die in the End by Adam Silvera. You drink too much Red Bull to ever die. I know. I'm mostly made out of chemicals now. <laughs> that would be a good premise. Someone should write a young adult novel about you. <laughs> Free idea if you're listening to the show. NaNoWriMo is only a couple months away. <laughs> Liberty, the electric girl or something. This is why I don't write fiction. So that's as far as I can go. 
My next pick this week is another one from my most anticipated books of fall. Since we're recording early, I am not finished reading it yet, but I'm ready to sign off on it. It's Sisters by Lily Tuck. Um, If you have been listening to this show for any amount of time, you've heard me talk about her novel, I Married You for Happiness, um, which is all set on one night after the husband in a long married couple passes away and the wife spends the night like walking around the house, drinking wine, sitting with his body before the... um, Undertaker is going to come in the morning to take him away and thinking about their life. This is a completely different kind of look at marriage. The narrator of the story, we never know her name. She lives with her new husband, his kids from a previous marriage. And the like sort of never ending sense that his first wife is there. Like the first wife's shadow looms large over their whole life. We also don't ever know the first wife's name. The present wife thinks of her as she. And the present wife is just obsessed. She goes about her life thinking about her husband's first marriage, wondering how the first wife is living her life these days, what's she up to? And really it's about, you know, the the current wife's insecurities and worries about like will she ever Uh, live up to what the first wife was? Will she ever be as smart as the first wife was? Um, Will she ever forget this big betrayal that happened between them? And she wonders what kind of secrets her husband and the wife had that she doesn't know about, Uh, which of course those secrets exist because they were married to each other before. And of course there are things that the new wife doesn't know about. Um, there's, you know, infidelity and obsession, and it's a completely different but equally compelling, I think, look into marriage as what I married you for happiness was. I'm not done with it yet. I don't know like what the big thing is gonna be. Um, but I am really enjoying it so far. Lily Tuck's writing, like this is a small book. Most of her books are very slim, um, but she packs a powerful punch and her writing has this spare but also very beautiful quality to it. So I'm digging it. Uh, it's called Sisters by Lily Tuck. I have to say, right before we started recording, one of our Book Riot co-workers hopped on Slack and said, has anybody read Sisters by Lily Tuck? Because I need to talk about it right this second. (laughs) So there you go. I didn't see that. I'll have to go find it when we're done here. Yeah. Before I talk about my next book, I'm going to tell you about our next sponsor. And that is Copycat by Alex Lake. Your stalker is everywhere and your stalker knows everything. But the real problem is that your stalker is you. Sarah Havenant discovers, when an old friend points it out, that there are two Facebook profiles in her name. One, she recognizes, it's hers. The other, she has never seen, but everything in it is accurate. Recent photos of her and her friends, her and her husband, her and her kids, even of her new kitchen. A photo is taken inside her house. She is bemused, angry, and worried. Who is able to do this, and why? But this, it soon turns out, is just the beginning. It is only now, almost as though someone has been watching, waiting for her to find the profile, that her problems really start. Here's the dun-dun-dun sound. I'm just going <laughs> to say. <laughs> it's one of the big late summer thrillers about social media stalking. When does it go too far? Look, if it exists, it's already too far. Yeah. Yeah, like, Hello. Now I'm going to have to go search my name on Facebook. These are the kinds of things that really scare the pants off of me. Like, I don't remember if it was on a show recently or if we were talking like before the show about some like bodily stuff that happens in a book that I was reading recently. And you were, oh, it was a poop story in the Sherman Alexi memoir. (laughs) 
And you were like, I just can't go there. Like for all the stuff you can read, the poop story is like where you draw the line. It's the very real, like technological, stalkery, threatening stuff that is just too real for me. It's true. It sounds like a good scare. Yeah. I'm looking forward to reading it. I actually just got a copy. Um, So again, it's called Copycat by Alex Lake. We'll have a link to it in the show notes. You can buy it wherever books are sold. And we thank them for sponsoring. All right. It's my last one. Bring it on home, girl. My last pick is called The Child Finder by Renee Denfeld. She wrote The Enchanted, which got rave reviews. I bought a copy. That's like, (laughs) it's going to be on my headstone. I bought a copy, (laughs) but I haven't read it yet. I'm going to read it soon. (laughs) Yeah, but I've heard a million great things about it. I should probably dig it out when we finish the show. Um, This one is about a woman named Naomi. She is a private investigator with a unique insight into finding missing children. Uh, Three years ago, five-year-old Madison Culver disappeared in the woods of Oregon while going to get a Christmas tree with her parents. Her parents think she was taken. The cops think that she wandered off, got lost in the snow, um, but they were never able to locate her. So it's been three years, and they hire Naomi because they're trying, you know, every possible possible thing they can to find her. Um, Naomi has her doubts that Madison is alive. She agrees with the cops that she probably wandered off and got lost in the woods, uh, but she agrees to take on the case. She has an understanding about these kind of things because years before, she herself, when she was a little girl, walked out of the woods with no memory of who she was or what happened to her. Uh, so Naomi pursues this case and she begins to understand what has happened to Madison Uh, And with that understanding, she begins to unlock the mysteries of her own past. Um, It reminded me, like, it's not the same sort of story, but it reminded me a lot of Descent by Tim Johnston, like the setting with the woods. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, it's also a really good literary thriller. Um, This is just a smart, atmospheric mystery, which definitely has me more interested in going back to read her first book. Um, So again, it's called The Child Finder, and it's by Renee Denfeld. That Descent comparison got me interested there yeah I knew that would that would make you happy that was such a good one like I read that in one sitting that was such a good one um my last pick this week is a paperback pick of one of our favorites from last year the Clancy's of Queens by Tara Clancy it is the story of growing up in working class Queens uh from I think she's probably in her 30s now so in this in the 70s and 80s or I guess 80s and 90s I don't know math is hard and it's Saturday um but this is a hilarious and really heartfelt memoir if you are interested in it at all listen Listen to it on audio. Like she has yes. this amazing accent. Um, she's uh, one of the storytellers on the Moth podcast. In addition to being a great writer, and she's a ter- just a terrific storyteller. But the memoir is wonderful about her childhood. Her parents were divorced when she was young, and so she moves between like a very sort of rough working class um, experience with her dad, and then her mom meets a guy who's rich, and their life becomes very different. The times that she spends with her mom and her mom's boyfriend become very different, and sort of the dichotomy between those different New Yorks. Um, but she talks about how she was inspired to write this book when she read a book by Richard Price um, called The Wanderers that's about working class people in New York, but it's working class men. And she realized that no one had told the story of working class women in New York. And she wanted to tell the story about her life and about her people's lives, um, her family. And she has this you know, extended family that are just characters and she presents them so fully. It, it's really fun. It's very thoughtful and sweet at points, but also, you know, she's got this like very 
sharp sense of humor. So when she, she's not messing around when she's talking about somebody who did something that she didn't like in the book either, it's excellent on audio. Um, and you will be hearing her also very soon on a new podcast that Book, that book Riot will be releasing in a couple of weeks called Recommended. Um, and that's all I'm going to tell you about that. So keep an eye out for that. The Clancy's of Queens by Tara Clancy is out in paperback now, but really, really do it on audio if you're gonna. I just had to take a minute to remind people that if they haven't read this book, it's time. She's so much fun. She is. She is just so great. Okay, girly, that is all the new books this week or all the ones that we have time to talk about. So what are you going to read next? I'm going to read More Alive and Less Lonely on Books and Writers by Jonathan Lethem. Jonathan Lethem is one of the last authors on my bucket list that I want to see, like, read in person, Mm. Um, which is amazing. Uh, I was thinking about this the other day. I'm like, I've met almost every author that you know, I've enjoyed and wanted to see do a reading, which is awesome. That is awesome. Um, and so Jonathan Lethem has always been at the top of the list, and he is coming to River Run Bookstore in New Hampshire uh, in a couple of weeks. So this was his most recent book, came out from Melville House uh, this spring, I think. Anyway, he's awesome. I He wrote Motherless Brooklyn and my favorite one, As She Climbed Across the Table, and I'm really excited, so be prepared for there to be really awkward Jonathan Lethem stories in a couple <laughs> weeks, because nothing ever goes right when I meet my idols. Um, so what are you going to read next? Oh, I'm going right into the heart of my wheelhouse. Um, it's a new book by Brene Brown called Braving the Wilderness, The Quest for True Belonging and the Courage to Stand Alone. Um, Brene Brown is a sociologist. She writes about and researches vulnerability, um, authenticity, connection. And this book is about um, how to cultivate the things in your life that allow you to have a feeling of belonging wherever you are. The subtitle here, The Quest for True Belonging and the Courage to Stand Alone. I think the book is about um, four practices. She thinks of vulnerability as a practice that we have to have in our lives. Um, So the book is about sort of four practices that you need to have in your life in order to feel that you belong in your life when you are by yourself um, and that you belong and are connected to the people that you want to be connected to when you are not alone. Um, So that's all I know about it so far. I I had only heard like, uh, I guess about a month ago that she had a new book coming out and then it came out all of a sudden or it, you know, will be out on the 12th. Um, So I'm really looking forward to that. I'm going to read it on the flight. I'm going to Wyoming next week. Oh, um, and we, oh yeah, no, we told the people. So we'll just remind them again. I was like, did we say it? I think we did. How did we forget everything in like a 45 minute spin? It's Saturday. Who knows what's happening? (laughs) Uh, But so the show for the 12th will be coming out on the 13th because I'll be coming back from vacation. But I look forward to like reading Brene Brown, you know, at 30,000 feet and having a little bit of an existential crisis while I'm flying because that's the thing I am really good at. Uh, If you need to do that yourself, I recommend watching Wild on a transcontinental flight. (laughs) That'll, That'll really do it. So Braving the Wilderness by Brene Brown. If you've not read her before, I don't know if this is a good starting point or not. I'll let you know next week. But Daring Greatly is essential. I think it's just an essential read. Um, So I'm really happy to have another one. That is our show this week. Things did get a little wiggly. Um, so thank you to our sponsors, Talenti, Gelato, and Sorbetto, A Conspiracy in Belgravia by Sherry Thomas, and 
copycat. We'll have links to all of those in the show notes that you can just click from your phone or however you're listening to find out more about them. And of course, the books are available wherever books are sold. If you have something for us, hit us up at all the books at bookriot.com or talk to us on Twitter. I'm Rebecca Shinsky, S-C-H-I-N-S-K-Y, though I will probably be slow to respond this week, if at all, because vacation. Liberty is Miss Liberty. And if you've got a minute and you can rate or review the show on Apple Podcasts, that helps us. And uh, more importantly, it helps other readers who are looking for a bookish show to find their way to us. And just this past week, All the Books was featured on the Apple Podcasts page for great shows for book lovers. So thanks to all of you who have rated and reviewed the show and helped us get there. Yes, that was exciting. Yes, it was. And as much as we would love to tell you about more books today, we just don't have the time. But you can read more titles out now in the show notes at bookriot.com slash all the books, as well as find a link to our weekly new books newsletter. Now let's tie a string around this wiggly show and slam it in the door. (laughs) In the meantime. In the meantime. Happy happy reading. reading.